Welcome back to That's Kind of Wavy. We're your hosts. I'm Nikki. I'm Shaysal. And I'm Jill. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it could be better. (laughs) Not not, not terrible. Um, Just like feeling very, very, not even quite brain foggy like I typically have felt when I feel this type of sensation. Just like, just feeling kind of stupid recently. Bro. I know that exact. It's like, it's kind of like how I feel like when I'm hungover, where it's like, I just truly objectively if someone were to someone were to like take a scan of my brain they would say oh you know typically we only use like what 10 percent or something it's like every they'd be like oh you're down to three <laughs> percent literally <laughs> like, yeah no nikki literally that's how i that's how i've been feeling it feels like like I, I know for sure i'm not stupid but like recently i've been thinking man i really gotta read more <laughs> because like I feel like although I've always struggled with like fully conveying my thoughts because how could you ever possibly convey everything you're thinking and I wish I could a lot of the times um but also that over explaining is on trauma but anyways uh, besides that I wish I could do that when explaining my feelings on things and whatever else um and also even just like things like I like analyzing movies and music and whatever else and it's like recently I finished watching a movie and like I mean I have a lot of thoughts on it and I wish I could convey them on Letterboxd but I'm just like okay (laughs) like because I can't think of them dude I feel that where it's like you and I like we love deep reflection our Pisces ass we're like wow what was every single meaning being conveyed in every scene and then it's like yeah there's some days where I just like watch something I'm like okay I watched it and then I move on I'm like that's not normally how I engage with media (laughs) literally exactly so I've just been thinking like damn I need to like I think I've gotten it's good I've, I've learned how to like not have to like express every single thing I'm thinking and at the same time it's like now now I kind of be losing that (laughs) that (laughs) ability and I know that I have I know that I do have a pretty vast vocabulary but I feel like it was exponentially expanding when I was younger because I was constantly reading stuff and now it's like I am constantly still learning obviously but less so in forms of like taking in words and I feel like that would give me good practice so I just really I I really need to put it I'm trying really hard to actually exercise my brain because I feel like it's just easy as an adult to just like stop exercising your brain and I like need to get back on that fucking critical thinking train (laughs) so no that's why I I try to watch like documentaries every once in a while literally just because then I'm like Okay, at least this is like nonfiction. Yeah. <laughs> literally, yeah. literally. Yeah, exactly. So I need to be better about that. And to our listeners, like with the, I mean, I think now that with the explanation, you understand, but like feeling stupid recently, I wouldn't say it's like decisions or anything. Thankfully, like I don't think I'm making stupid decisions or anything. I'm doing pretty good in life in that regard with decision making. It's just like brain, I, I, the brain just like not be braining in the way that she has in the past. <laughs> so did you ever have the <laughs> game on Nintendo DS that was like, I brain it was like brain academy or yeah. something. What the guy? I did a presentation like, You're 55. on that. <laughs> Your Can brain you age is 55. No, the one that I had, I think it was brain academy because you, it had like you know those like spider web looking charts where you're in the middle and then it's like different features like it like branches them out so it gives yes. you like a little like spider web looking pattern that's like filled in. I know it exactly was like that, about. and so then it was like there would be like. Um. Oh my god, I can't even fucking. What's the shit? Spatial reasoning. 
I was gonna say, what's the shit that Chasel sucks at? <laughs> Literally, I'm glad you remember. <laughs> spatial reasoning, and then it'd be like, oh, I have a low score in that, so it has like games you can play that like help with your spatial reasoning. That's what I'm thinking of. Like Chasel <laughs> needs like some app that's like that. No, literally, size <laughs> your brain. Literally, like, I that ass that shit. Like I'm like. I do feel smarter after doing those. So I literally have considered it and until I did senior year. I did a, for my neuroscience class, we did a project on myths and those games were a myth that we busted. <laughs> so oh, really? Yes. There's very scientific. There's very, <laughs> I almost said there's very scientific literature. There's very little scientific literature. Actually, there's no scientific literature on the benefits of it. Um, and the, the, transferability of skills to real life and the only studies that we found on it were made by the companies who created the game oh, oh. we love a good bias study literally yeah. that's what i never was like you know how they're like well the brain age kind of thing that jill's talking about you still see that in like ads was like how old is your brain 97 or yeah. something it's like, what the fuck? you, want you have dementia <laughs> <laughs> you have um, alzheimer's actually yeah. we just proved it with this game <laughs> i never i never thought that like obviously like those were like legit or something or like this brain academy but i i was like these certainly wouldn't hurt to like for me to play but now that you're saying that i'm like yeah they probably don't make a fucking difference like i could probably play candy crush and like get the same amount of like mental <laughs> exercise <laughs> as these like box fitting games. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, before that before that project, I would have thought. I would have thought they did. I considered it. I'm like, maybe it's what I need even back then. But like unfortunately. <laughs> that is not like, gonna unfortunately, work. I'm just stuck being stupid. Literally, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it's gonna get better. That's one thing that I will say, and then I I'll 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 stop this little spiel of mine. But I will say I'm very aware of my possibility of improving all the things that I want to improve in my life. Um so it's like it'll it'll be okay. It'll be yeah, improved. I can good. like yeah. my brain is there. So yeah, they just need to be exercised a little bit. It's functioning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's functioning. And like, there's no way that I lost that intelligence, even with all my years of smoking, which I was also thinking about. But like, it's not like I'm t- the thing is, I'm too smart for it to have killed that many brain cells, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's still like, a lot. I'm to average intelligence now. I'm not like that dumb now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally what I was thinking earlier today, I'm like, there's a lot in the reserve still. Like, yeah, still more right. than the average population. that's what my parents whenever I would stay home sick from school I would like get stressed because I was like an anxiety ridden child and they would always say like it's giving the other children a chance to catch up and like (laughs) period honestly like I'm like maybe that's why shit like that is why I'm so full of myself I'm like true these dumb bitches like (laughs) I love it I love that they can get (laughs) I love that sentiment honestly like empowering Jill, you said you're good? Yeah, I've been chilling. I've been watching a shit ton of movies, um, which, like, usually I'm not this on it, but I've already watched, like, over 10 movies this year. Hell yeah. Damn, I'm already, I'm I'm about to beat my movie goal of 36 movies in, like, a month. Hell yeah. Yeah. I've been getting into, like, all the 80s shit. Yeah. Just, like... I've been oh my god I was watching this 80s game show because I've also been like back on my how stuff works podcast nice. shit and like learning which that that's a good way to like learn shit and True. Yeah. engage True. your brain chase but I've been listening to a lot of them and I was listening to one about like how game shows work 
and they were talking about this 1980s game show that was like the first game show ever on MTV and it's called Remote Control. Was it, so it was like the first game oh. show that MTV had? Yeah, yeah, on MTV. Not the first one ever, but just MTVs. That's why I was like, I don't think, I think there were game shows before that, but the way you said it, I was like, <laughs> oh shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's like, it's fun to watch like trivia because it's like a, a game show about like movie and like TV show trivia from that time. So, and like pop culture trivia, basically. So I'm like, I like oh. getting in all this like random information that I would not have access to otherwise. And just like no, totally. seeing real life footage from the 80s. Because as I brought this up the other day, but like home footage and like documentary footage from that time period is the closest we can get to actually time traveling back to then. So like I'm trying to get all the content I could consume and try to time travel that way. Hell yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. When you guys in the group text were like, we need to do that shifting shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to try it. it. That's <laughs> one of those things. Like, I'm sorry, but like shifting is just like whole ass delusional. Like truly. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> like that's like, like I try not to like judge people, like especially with like mental illness or like, you know, like you don't know what they're going through. But like if you are truly saying that you shifted and you are at Hogwarts, like you actually need to see a mental health professional like objectively like, literally that simply didn't happen <laughs> but sometimes I'm like that sounds like a fun life to it's live it's fun yeah. you know that sounds like, I would love to just go to Hogwarts one day you right? know I wish that could be me but then, nice. you have to, but then how depressing would it be to have to come back right I'm like I wouldn't leave yeah exactly. and I wouldn't I leave would just shift issue. to that reality literally <laughs> peace out <laughs> Yeah. everything i've ever known yeah like not worth it i'll be in for, hogwarts for real <laughs> um how about you nikki what's up with you um i've been pretty good i know last <laughs> i was actually thinking about how last episode i was like yeah that was the worst year of my life <laughs> which like objectively it was but um my sister has been texting like she's behind in podcast but she was like texting about one thing I said and like that made her laugh or whatever so I was thinking about her listening to the podcast I was like god she's gonna hear me like that's so depressing to hear but I was like no but like it was just like objective it was you know like if someone were to look at a summary summary of each of my years of my life (laughs) that just objectively was the worst year of my life so all that being said all that considered I'm actually doing pretty good good yay I I still like can you know obviously there's always room for improvement but especially right now I think where I'm at is very like I'm just kind of like I'm hanging in there and doing okay and like every day is a little bit better and like that's I'm content with being there you know instead of like feeling like like, I don't feel like actively depressed but I can tell I'm not like at like full functioning capacity whatever um but I'm happy with I feel like I'm like at like okay it's not difficult to go through my day anymore you know how like when you're really depressed yeah it's like difficult to just like exist (laughs) and so that's like all you can do you put all your energy into like existing it's not difficult to exist it's difficult to go above and beyond but I'm okay right now with just like chilling and existing so we're doing pretty good yeah that's awesome to hear it's a special feeling to be able to like 
actually physically feel like accepting of the stage in which you're at like that and because obviously it is like a better stage than the other stage but it's like just being content in it because obviously it takes time to get to the other stage too as opposed to like fighting being in this one. Oh yeah because like I mean I we all hold ourselves to like high standards um that's why we all are like achieving things because we push ourselves so it's hard not to like it definitely is a conscious choice to like meet myself where I'm at you know it's like a saying like in mental health stuff but like meeting myself at like okay I'm not actively doing harm to myself or my life or the people around me I'm just like literally just like vibing and that's okay for me to just vibe I don't always need to be like moving on to the next thing or like pushing myself really hard like I could just kind of chill for a little bit so nice yeah it's been good yeah so no good transition this time but (laughs) actually I do have like a funny like story I guess that's could kind of transition let's hear it so I was talking with my sister today one of her friends from college she's just talking about um has um her family like has a home up in like what was it like harbor springs michigan or something like where it's like very wealthy area and she was talking about in that town it's not like very big but they don't allow cars like you have to bike everywhere oh my god i was wondering <laughs> like, if that was a real thing that exists well, so anywhere that's kind of a vibe, but it also like felt fell under to me how we talk about people like cosplaying poor. Yeah. <laughs> so because it's like you're not allowed to drive your Porsche here. Not, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it just seems like it's like, oh, for the environment and like less noise pollution and stuff like that. It's like it's because you guys are like, ooh stinky cars are loud let's have not have them instead of like oh let's help save the planet you know literally yeah, yeah it kind of feels like a disney vibe right it yeah. really like, does welcome to the disneyland of no cars here literally. you'll find the garage where you can pretend to ride a bike literally. <laughs> that's why i was like it sounds like objectively like it sounds like a vibe and like jill i know when you were in amsterdam you biked a lot and i was like jealous i'm like that seems so lovely but it's just like when a predominantly yeah. predominantly, predominantly <laughs> rich white area does it, it's, it's like, like okay, <laughs> yeah, it See just you. feels twisted. Like it's yeah. some like, yeah. get out kind of vibes. Like, yeah. exactly. like why yeah. are we? we why are that. we pretending that we don't have cars right now? Like, right. <laughs> I don't know. So that's a a kind of transitions to our topic today of walkable cities, and that's why also I was thinking of it because of how the like cosplaying poor. Like, it is expensive to own a car, and a lot of people can't. And even just, like, sometimes public transport, if you don't have a very accessible place, like, that can get expensive. Like, I don't have – there's no train that connects me to, like, my hometown. Like, I have to drive, like, a half hour to the train to, like, get on it and stuff, you know? So it's, like, that can, like, add up and stuff like that. So it's just interesting. We're going to discuss – walkable cities and like accessible stuff for like pedestrians and she just so happened to mention that today i was like hmm, interesting on interesting topic. yeah on topic mm-hmm. so what is a walkable city i'm gonna just read what walkability because so walk walkable city is a city that has high walkability is wow. like it's wow groundbreaking so, yeah it's crazy <laughs> so walkability is a term for planning concepts best understood by the mixed use of amenities in high density neighborhoods where people can access said amenities by foot 
It's based on the idea that urban spaces should be more than just transport corridors designed for maximal, maximum vehicle throughput. So in non what the fuck are you talking about terms, it's basically like obviously it, there's the obvious aspect of it of like literally somewhere is like walkable, like walkable distance. Like things are a reasonable distance away that you can walk to in. It's not over the top, but there's the added aspects of like safe pedestrian walkways so like larger sidewalks and a ton of crosswalks and stuff like that because it's also like i don't know yeah if a friend's house is right down the street you could walk to it but if there's no sidewalk and you have to walk on the side of the road like that's not actually walkable so there's that aspect to it and then i have a list it's how to make a city walkable so it's not like what's required but so create and enforce pedestrian first policies so it's like slower speed limits to like encourage walking and like discourage fast moving that would help walkability public transport is also much more accessible because even though that's not technically walking it's like it feeds into like oh i can walk there if i need to get somewhere far i can hop on a bus one thing I thought was really interesting was another thing that like contributes to walkability is they described it as like looking at how many people are stopped on the sidewalk doing something because that apparently contributes to like the environment and like if you're walking down a street and everybody's like rushing somewhere you don't feel like you can like stop and hang out but if you're like walking down the street and people are outside dining and somebody's like selling their artwork and there's i don't know just like a ton of different stuff and there's benches and murals to view and stuff like that then that also contributes to walkability because people feel more comfortable walking in that area and like feel like that's like more encouraged so it's like if people are stopped doing something then it creates the sense of like community and like oh we're all just walking passing through as opposed to like literally we're just walking to like get to an end yeah so there's actually a website called walk score and it scores cities based on their walkability. If they score 0 to 24, they're car dependent. Almost all errands require a car. 25 to 49 is still car dependent, but most errands require a car. 50 to 69 is somewhat walkable. 70 to 89 is very walkable. And 90 to 100 is walker's paradise. Daily errands do not require a car. So I thought it was interesting. I looked. The actual top walkable city in Illinois is Oak Park which is like interesting i always thought that was like part of chicago but i guess it's is it a suburb then it's a I suburb guess? yeah Lynn is yeah a, it's from chicago's the second most walkable oak park has a score of 78 and chicago has a score of 77 is this just wait you said this is just in illinois yeah where okay. i live right now has um a horrible walk score let me find it 29 walk score of 29 damn Go to revisit that most errands require a car, which is true. That's actually one thing I've talked about, like with Shaysel when I visit Zer in the city. It's like I get so jealous. I don't realize I miss like walking places, but I get so jealous when we can just like run down the street and get lunch. Like literally, I have to the closest gas station to me to like get a snack or something is like a twenty minute walk. Like I literally, and then to a grocery store, I have to drive. Like, it's about 10 minutes, so I, like, can't walk anywhere. And so, I don't know. It made me realize I definitely wish I lived in a more walkable area. But there is um, – I can say what the top three ones are in the country. I think New York was one of them. New York City? 
Yeah. I want to look up what mine is. San Francisco is number one. New York is number two. And New York, New Jersey is number three. I feel like San, like San Francisco is no. That's that, it just, that is just wrong, objectively, I, after going I'm, there. Because right, like, like, not only well, is there a million so inclines, is, <laughs> yeah. like, that makes it impossible, but also like we had to Uber everywhere. Right. I'm thinking of when Shelby and I went. First of all, we had to walk up like literally 45 minutes to get to like a <laughs> post festival. So it's different to get an Uber. And the public transport, like for me, I guess like obviously they are different things. But like with what you mentioned, Nikki, with a walking score, public transport being a part of that, I feel like it is very inherently like just connected. And the public transport there sucks. Yeah. Also, I don't like San Francisco. So when I hear good yeah. shit about it, I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> it has a walk score of 87. Damn. That's pretty high. I like who wrote who wrote that yeah for real literally i just went and looked through different articles and it's still ranked number one and there's a couple i know i did see people say that too on other things but um i forgot one of it too is well i guess this was a benefit of walkable cities which we'll get into but there's like less like fatalities related to vehicles because the cops are used to like stopping and going and so one of the things like this website was just listing was pedestrian fatalities and it said like 18 (laughs) or something i guess in a year which if you think about it that's pretty low for a city the size of san francisco to only have 18 so i think that i wouldn't be surprised if that also like factors into it yeah what's the most walkable city in the world look it up so i wait i looked up buffalo buffalo's walk score overall is 67 but my neighborhood is a 94 Oh my god! Oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah, that's perfect, Joe. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm like, that's why I live down here because literally, if I lived like where my parents do, I would want to cry because I don't have a car. I don't know if that's been mentioned on this podcast before, but I do not have a car, so I walk or bike or Uber everywhere. So my life yeah. is a walkable city, even when I don't have access to walking. <laughs> Um, the number one walkable city is Florence, Italy, and then the second one is Venice, Italy, and then the mm. third one is, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Riga, R-I-G-A, in Latvia. Interesting. I mean, yeah. Venice is like a given because there's no cars at all. Mm-hmm. So Damn, I forgot. If it, <laughs> if it wasn't yeah. a walkable city, <laughs> you just yeah. can't leave your house. You got a boat. Yeah. You got a boat. <laughs> It's not that walkable. That's why we have all these canals and shit. Like, oh my god, <laughs> Istanbul is the twenty first. Interesting. Wow. I want to now. I'm like, I want to look up every city. We got to see what Amsterdam's score is. Yeah, now I'm like curious. Amsterdam's probably. Oh it's, pretty- oh, it's number sixteen. Hell yeah! Oh wow. Chicago is thirteenth. But this one's really? weird. This website, I think we're looking at wow. the same website. Nikki, and it's weird because it's oh, saying route. It's saying route between top five attractions is like how it's kind of determining it. And it's like that's not very. I don't think that between that's very top five telling. attractions. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which like I don't think that's so like, very like telling. Like okay, yeah. Like like for example, Chicago being thirteenth. Which like I mean, because it's Chicago, I'm like hell yeah, thirteenth. But also, it's like yeah, it's saying based on like the route between Navy Pier, Chicago River Walk, Millennium Park, the Art Institute, and the Shedd Aquarium, which like they're all intentionally in the same area. So, like, okay, yeah. Oh, walk score looks like it only does U.S. Damn. stuff. 
that's probably why there's oh, not, okay like, yeah wait i looked up box stores so I put in Amsterdam like NL for Netherlands and it brought up a random address um in Amsterdam but it it says 100 for Walker's Damn. Floor. That's impressive. Very yeah. impressive. Like well, really impressive. Back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like damn. Right. Now that we know every city's walk score. Yeah, so that's like the overall concept of walkable cities and walkability so she still is going to go into like the more history like how the, that concept came to be i guess and like how it first started being implemented is that a correct yes i would agree with that so to no one's surprise just like everything else it is rooted in racism um not not like the concept of walkability I was the concept say- of it being- <laughs> walkability is inherently racist racist. and this is why (laughs) okay so um like everything it is rooted in racism um and it all kind of starts with the concept of suburbia which is like inherently rooted in racism um i i was watching this video it was like a very very big deep dive it was supposed to be on walkability but honestly like it was mainly just like the whole history of like leading to issues with places not being walkability it was very very interesting i really i found this person i can't remember their name let me find it right now so i can tell our listeners because i think it was like frank watches or something on youtube let me see oh my god i love frank love love frank great Great what does frank watch (laughs) everything let me see what he watches you (gasps) turn off your windows oh no (laughs) turn off off your windows turn Turn off off your windows computers (laughs) i know that's what i was like so turn off my computer yes windows 96 oh my god can you imagine if we were still running that shit that would be so fun. Oh my I, God, I literally can't... wouldn't be able to record this. <laughs> I can't believe someone that I like, I love on um, YouTube had a video on this and I did not find it when I was looking. Hold on. I have to find this now because I need our viewers to know where I got this information because it was very informative and I want to support their channel. Hold up. Okay. His name's it's not Frank Watches. It's Frank Laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I got Frank what? Laundry? Does he watch like the, the, la- like- the laundry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all he does. Maybe you, maybe your brain went to Frank Washes. But no, yeah, he was it was a super informative video. Um, it was called The USA Will Never Build Walkable Cities. So it was just going on like the whole history of it. Um, and so first of all, suburbia from when I learned when I learned more about the concept of suburbia in school, I remember learning about it. I think like more like post World War II vibes, which is definitely when there was like a bigger push with like white flight and all that shit, um, among many other things. But he went way back, kind of like to like nineteen, like starting in like nineteen seventeen was when the U.S. government first started pushing the idea of home ownership and like the creation of suburbs and stuff like that because they thought that it would make people more inherently capitalist to like own something and be like yeah, this is my home and I have stakes in it, you know, like that weird shit. Yeah. So um, basically the Department of Labor has been pushing that since 1917. They believed that, like I said, it'd make people more involved in the capitalist system. And they were pushing propaganda with statements like, it is strongly felt that the happiest and most wholesome home life is possible for a family with a 
with growing children only in a detached single family home, which for many reasons, aside from like the walkability aspect that we'll get to, there are many problems with this, which like I, I had never really thought specifically about. I mean, I definitely for sure thought about the issues with suburbia, with racism and like every other implication and just how it like always feels kind of like cursed in some ways. Although at the same time, like weird because recently I've been, fuck, this is tangent, but I'm gonna say it. I've been like missing being in the suburbs a little bit just because it is like quiet. Um, But at the same time, like to our listeners, I mean, I've said this before, but in case y'all don't know, I live in Chicago, like in Wicker Park, the city. Um, Anyways, so I live like pretty central to everything. It's really nice, but you know, living in the city can be stressful sometimes. However, I've already still like loved it. I've been walking around a lot more in general recently. I've been making a point of like going out at least once a day to get like a coffee or something, which is also spending too much money, but it's fine. (laughs) Anyways. um, But besides that, I like have been missing it and now watching like the suburbs and now watching this video, I'm like, oh God, it just feels so grimy again. So with the single family home and stuff in general, I hadn't thought about like the climate aspect of that, but obviously it just creates so much more like energy waste and stuff like that. Um, more heating, more everything with like the, the space required in a home like that, obviously the separation of community, like just not having, instead of having homes with like multiple residencies and stuff like that, just many, many things are problematic about the single family home aside from again, like the racial implications of it all and like the gentrification and blah, blah, and money and everything like that. But then later on, this was also very interesting because I guess like I already knew this just from understanding, just looking back on what I learned in history classes and understanding as an adult now how there were a lot of things that were missing in those classes, even though I went to a school that was predominantly, I would say, like pretty liberal. But then again, it was liberal as in like probably very neoliberal still taught by like a lot of white teachers and stuff like that so I still got a very whitewashed version of history like most of us do unfortunately in the suburbs and um I had always seen I mean I was never like hell yeah FDR or anything because I've never necessarily been like hell yeah about a president (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean honestly felt like that came out of left field (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean we all know that you love FDR (laughs) Your hero. My hero. I have shit everywhere of FDR. No, no. I've never been like, it's not like I'm like, wow, hell yeah, FDR. But like I've in history classes, it's like he was framed as like one of the good ones. Literally. Like one of the good guys, you know? Um, but no. (laughs) Like, yeah, maybe better than some in some ways, but like still, still capitalist king um like saved capitalism essentially which at the time i mean <laughs> at the time our was hero not- <laughs> our hero like wow <laughs> yeah. um but he allowed for these balloon loans which i just i don't really understand what they are but he allowed for balloon people loans needed their the balloons deal for people to be Sounds able like to fun. buy more houses <laughs> they needed to lift their spirits it was morale <laughs> people lived inside balloons <laughs> and actually yeah you could only get a loan if you were starting a hot air balloon business. <laughs> that's a new form of public transport hot air balloons. <laughs> you just land wherever Everyone's the wind takes in. you yeah hot air balloons and zip lining those are gonna be the two <laughs> 
We should do that. We need zip lining <laughs> infantry. Zip lining to work. <laughs> the concept of like just forcing of like an elderly person to zip line. Strap you don't even in. strap it. You just go. Yeah, you literally. You just hang out. Yeah. Hope for the best. Okay, Anyways. so actually, I have this in a different order in my notes, but actually, we're going to get to FDR in a second before FDR. <laughs> we'll get back to him, don't you worry. Teasing us. For real, for real. In in the 1930s, that's when like more loan pro- programs for homeownership stuff, since they were still pushing it, um, were starting. And it was like the two biggest homeowner loan company mortgage situations that are still thriving to this day and they really shaped america and like urban planning and everything in a terrible way where the homeowners loan loan corporation in 1933 and the federal housing administration in 1934 and of course they had very very fucked up ways of deciding who could buy a home um and like the the cost of a home and everything so the cost Such of as home- skin tone religion <laughs> and sexuality <laughs> literally literally Literally, with skin tone being the number one thing. And the things that they did to base, like, the cost of houses, for example, was the quality of, like, the condition of the house, which, okay, that makes sense. Condition of the neighborhood, which is where we're start getting iffier, but it's like, okay, we're still talking, we're still talking infrastructure there to an extent, like, condition of, like, the actual, like, they mentioned, like, brick and whatever, and also, like, the parks that are there, um, and even general accessibility, because they were still valuing that. Um, they said good transportation, and they also based it on things that would devalue the neighborhood which would be racial makeup of the neighborhood so because of course yes um so extremely fucked up and that those two corporate those two like i don't know what to call them corporate i guess programs were insuring half of all new mortgages in the u.s and were financing like white only suburbs which made made like almost all homeowning opportunities only for white people and since black people weren't allowed those loans they had to resort to different loans they called like contract sales and with those contract sales they weren't i don't i don't fully understand what this means but i think this means like you know actually getting some value out of it but they weren't able to get equity from their houses um if they had any late payments at all yeah they- that's like it's basically like if you have stock in a company you have equity the right answer i've heard it in that context but what does that mean so i think it's like with the house it'd be like if they got behind on payments, like the bank could just take it immediately. I think it's basically like they didn't actually like have ownership of the house. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Out. That makes as sense. opposed to like you do own a house, but you can get behind on your mortgage payments. It sounds like they like if they didn't have any equity, like they truly just didn't own it. So it's almost like not having like any stakes in the house at all. Like it's yeah. like anything they've paid for isn't actually like, working towards like full ownership. Which I, is, yeah. is the well, case. Well, it's working but... towards it until, like, in the sense of once it's all paid off, I would assume they would get full ownership. But, yeah, it sounds like it was just, like, at that point, you're basically renting. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because they also, they were only able to get ownership after 15 to 20 years, and that's if they didn't miss a single payment. That's, like, being, like, the most perfect, like, on payment, like, whatever, which, like, who the fuck can do that? Um, yeah. And they also, it would like literally in the contracts to make sure that the payments could be made up, they would like force everyone in the home to work, which also made it impossible for people to like raise children and everything. It led to people living like in multiple, like multiple families living in houses together, um, even led to like overcrowding of schools, leading to like half days in schools as they couldn't possibly handle the demand, leading to the creation of gangs. Like it's just like really fucked up. Um, and also a 
even like going back to white people actually being able to get these loans, only people that were really wealthy were able to buy houses, which still rings true today, because for the balloon loans that FDR was offering during the New Deal, so now I guess like a decade later, you'd have to put down 30 to 50% of the cost of the house, like in cash, basically, which is fucking insane. That's a lot of money. I know. So it was also a huge sign of wealth to be like, I have a home, you know, which again, still to this day, but like rings true back then too. It's so crazy. Sorry. No, no, please interject. Um, like how you're saying, like, I mean, still today it is a sign of wealth, but it's like, I feel like, owning a home is like so expected of people that it's just like oh like yes it's a sign of wealth because it's no not everybody can do it but if you can't do it then you're like you're a failure because you couldn't achieve the bare minimum instead of like in the past it was like oh look at how far I've made it I can own a home now it's like you have only made it barely once you own a home and then you should do better literally it's like like literally like a bare minimum literally which is insane And then we get to the federal, I mean, a lot happens in between then, but then we get into the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956 and we start getting more into like the walkability aspect. Um, Obviously the homeownership in the suburbs and everything is already like just so, it's, it's such a deep dive. I mean, there are so many things that go into that with like, then like the creation of ghettos, like displacement of people, just like just so many different things. But then with the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956, there was a mass amount of displacement that occurred. So $26 billion were was dedicated towards this project, which was to create like a 41,000 mile network to connect the entire country. And of course, with all of these things, it's made to seem like, wow, look at this like amazing thing that's happening, like all these improvements that we're doing, whatever. And in the video that I watched that I mentioned, he really like, he, he I mean, he was very factual in everything he was saying. So he was not making it seem like a conspiracy or anything like that at all. But it's like, as I was watching all this, I'm like, God, even like gentrification, like, I mean, it's, it's real. It's not a conspiracy. And like, it's not real way. It's a conspiracy in the way it feels like that. It's just like, it was, I mean, obviously it's a way to keep like oppressed people oppressed and everything, but it's just like, it feels like this like century long project, honestly, with everything that I'm seeing with this history. Um, so well, when it like was, you know, no, seriously. Like, and it's crazy too. Like one thing I've been thinking about, like when we're talking about like, oh, it seems like a conspiracy theory, but like, it's real. It's like, it was a conspiracy like they like conspired yeah like by definition it's so crazy I feel like people people including me until like I literally forced myself to think about it it's like conspiracy theories like seem like so pretty far-fetched or whatever but it's like I don't know like the uh Jeffrey Epstein stuff like that was all a conspiracy like by definition like people conspired there's a lot that are by definition like an actual conspiracy versus a theory of a conspiracy Totally. And I feel like, though, like people equivocate now, instead of equivocating the theory aspect, they're equivocating like the conspiracy aspect. And then once something's proven true, it's given like a new name. But it's like, no, these things still are conspiracies. Exactly. It was still conspiring in action. Yeah. They work together. They being, you know, the The Illuminati. Yeah. (laughs) The people just in charge, you know, the man, the government to make people of color like live in worse areas and not have access to things so like like you said like keep poor people poor yeah no seriously exactly they literally like are conspiring to make them die faster 
No, seriously. Like, like yeah. actually in many, di- in, in like every fucking possible way that you could like decrease the, co- the quality of like life for someone and like actually yeah. therefore then decrease like the length of someone's life. It's really fucked I, up. I still remember, this is a slight tangent, but I still remember the first like thing I learned because obviously like I grew up in a very privileged area so it's not like I was ever like super hardcore into America but I was like oh my god shout out America and then like as I went to like college and just got older I was like oh like America kind of sucks ass but I remember the first thing I learned where I was like oh like America sucks ass like not just like has its flaws but like the government fucking sucks is like how evidence came out that the government literally planted crack in black communities oh my God. in the cities. Like it literally yeah. there's like government <laughs> documents like discussing the fact like how to like get crack into those communities. And it's just like that I remember that was like I guess like broke everything wide open in my brain. Again, I was I already was like, oh like there's this issue and there is like racism still and like stuff like that. But like that was the first time I was like, holy shit, like it is so ingrained in our society. It's like the government is actively doing things like that. No, I know, which is crazy because I I know exactly what you mean. It's like you already knew that there were a lot of like problematic social structures and everything, which is still like why the fuck isn't the government doing anything about it? But then it's like to find like explicit evidence of like them actively doing something like that. Not, Not just like by proxy or like by negligence or something like that. It's like no, like actively like what's like shoehorning is that is that the word yeah like shoehorning something like this is like it's like oh the government is doing something about it and what they're doing <laughs> is, is reinforcing it it's literally they're creating a the problem yeah exactly it's just so fucking twisted so sorry. exactly like i said that was a side note but but relevant um and with this the federal aid highway act of 1956 in the process of Doing this, they displaced more than 475,000 households and greater than 1 million people with the construction of this. So I do remember learning about that in high school. That's actually one that I learned about. But that's another thing where, like, when they admit, like, fuck ups like that, like, ooh, a lot of people lost their houses. Yikes. It's like, it's always painted like, we are ashamed of that and we don't do that anymore. That was, that was the old well, us. It's that's like, no, like y'all the still whole do ass, that shit. like laws that they, I forget what it's called. Imminent, and it's an imminent, imminent domain or something where they can claim <laughs> that. Imminent domain where they can like literally be like the government needs this land. So you have to go. Yeah. Because it's like at the end of the day, the government actually owns everything. Yeah. It's so like, they're uh, like we're ashamed but like we're we're gonna do it again if we have to yeah we're ashamed <laughs> so we're gonna put laws in place where it makes it easier for us to do it so it can yeah. be done quietly Le- literally and, and legally yeah. and so yeah. we can like win a case against you in court if you wanted to bring this up yeah they're like oh little crybaby we got here first <laughs> yeah it's like they're like actually we said dibs on that land so <laughs> right, for real. we called for fives real. that's kind of the general rundown of like things the history that I learned that could be related to things with, I mean, it is 100% related to like walkability now and what we see now is gentrification and people not being able to like live in places. Well, first of all, they're being displaced. But aside from that, people not being able to live in walkable areas because of the cost of living and everything. And it all stems from this shit from the past. Um, and even like, I mean, even uh, even places in the city that would have been walkable before that are now predominantly black aren't walkable. 
like or even with public transportation in Chicago, the transportation, I would say like I I mean, it, it could be better just like in most places in the U.S., still, literally most places in the U.S., even in the cities. But it's like at least like where I live, I can still like I would have to take like transfers to multiple places and whatever. And that's fine. But I can get the train easily in the south side the train and like the bus routes and everything are basically like non-existent and even in new york i remember jenny would talk about she lived in crown heights and one of our friends jenny would talk about how to get anywhere was such a mission like even when you think of new york city you think like oh wow this train system must be amazing um but really not unless you live even then it honestly could still be better but unless you live in like manhattan or something or brooklyn because she would say that to get to like even brooklyn for example from crown heights she'd have to take a super long train all the way through manhattan and then take the manhattan train all the way to brooklyn and all that shit so it's like at that point she would just stay in wherever she was going in manhattan and in actual crown heights it was very inaccessible to get anywhere and stuff like that so it's like even in very walkable cities of public transportation in places with less money and of course like are predominantly black communities just not predominantly white don't have good public transportation of course which is really fun yeah, well and it's like it feels almost as if they're like because they want to like keep them there like, exactly the no literally like how are yeah. in other parts like yeah. stay in your little bubble seriously i think that that's a normal way of living exactly more reason to hate the government seriously and to transition into <laughs> some of what Jill has to say about this I feel like this could transition into it I mean this is like hearing these facts feels like very obvious but like in terms of the benefits of a walkable city I mean there are many 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 ones Jill will get into some of the psychological benefits of it and just implications of not having a walkable city but for example this one makes sense like it's associated with lower heart disease and stroke risk which makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons like i mean the most obvious one being the physical health aspect of the yeah, air walking more but i was thinking even psychologically the stress of constantly having to commute and everything is insane um and also relating back to the things i said before with all this displacement and everything it leads to more need for cars aside from the fact that you don't have public transportation i can't remember i watched a ted talk on this too from someone not just someone that is a big proponent of walkable cities from a couple from like nine years ago is pretty old video for YouTube stuff. He was talking about how a, there was a term for when you like keep going out further and further to be able to buy a home because of the cost of everything and gentrification, people go out further and further and therefore have to spend more and more time in their cars commuting to be able to even afford to live where they live, but still having to work in the city where most of the jobs are. Well, that's like how Chris and I, exactly fuck it's really cheap to live out here but to see the closest friend that lives to me is 35 minutes away like i damn and like the literally like i said get to the grocery store it's like a 10 minute drive so it's it's absurdly cheap but at that point like if i have a busy month where i'm visiting friends a lot i probably pay the amount i pay in rent in gas right it's just yeah absurd it's insane yeah there's so many costs that come with having a car yeah for real fuck that you're like joe's like um couldn't like be couldn't me. be me <laughs> true <Sorry>. true <laughs> literally y'all have fun with that <laughs> like yeah y'all have fun with your like 500 dollar payments on the car <laughs> payment the insurance the gas i'll just um, pay I my 100 dollars for uber every month <laughs> is that's like one thing about like walkable cities that's like 
I don't know. I feel like when I say it, it's going to sound like no duh, but it's just interesting to think about. Like where I live, I literally have to have a car. Like that's like not a choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So to be forced to pay that like extra thing, then yeah, it's like, okay, who cares what my rent is? Like, thank God my rent is cheaper because I wouldn't be able to afford. Yeah how much gas and like the maintenance of my car and stuff like that like it's just like crazy like like you said joe like you the expense of having a car like that should be like calculated i mean i'm sure it is like calculating the cost of living when you go into like the hardcore calculators but like i don't know when i'm speaking with like cost of living with friends i usually just like mention like rent and like stuff like right and like my water bill but it's like no i should mention i have to have a car it's not a luxury for me you know yeah right so Go ahead. That's all. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to get into the more like psychological sides of walkable cities and the benefits um, that they could potentially have. And the first thing that I wanted to bring up, um, which we've, we've talked a little bit about like how community is an aspect of a walkable city and that that's like a really beneficial thing to have because so many places nowadays, like especially since COVID, the sense of community has just gone down to like mm-hmm. so low. And I feel like now it's starting to come back and like people are starting to have more events and like want to get out more and like meet new people. But for so long, it, there's been like nothing. It's it's still hard to even find like niche communities to really get into and like, you know, feel a strong bond with people that way. But walkable cities might promote that a little bit more um and this guy that i follow on twitter i saw his video on tiktok his name is i think it's nathan allenback let me just check to make sure he has brought up this concept of third places which it's not invented by him it's invented by someone else um nathan allenback it's invented by not him (laughs) (laughs) it's invented by not him um it's (laughs) the concept was invent invented i'm like invented i don't know what you conceptualized i guess by this man called there's there's a word for like when something is given a term yeah and i feel like that's whatever that word is that's That's what what happened happened. (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that that is what coined the term i don't think that's the the official one is it the unofficial (laughs) yes yes so um this man ray oldenburg coined the term and conceptualized this idea of third places which are like huge community builders um okay so the con- the concept of a third place is just anywhere that is not work or home for a person so pretty easy to understand um but this is places Place like bars yeah. yeah bars clubs parks cafes barbershops libraries plazas churches just like anywhere where people congregate or go um to hang out and Having these types of places like has really steadily declined in a lot of U.S. cities for a, a while, espe- like especially because of COVID. And due to that, like social participation and clubs and events and like getting together for things has just also declined. And the sense of community along with that has also declined. And, and this is like largely perpetuated by car dependence and urban sprawl um, and also because of other things not just because of car dependence, but, you know, like U.S. cities used to have really densely populated downtown areas where not only did people 
like go to work but people would also live in house like in apartments and walk-ups downtown um so there was mixed use neighborhoods which is like a huge part of this and a huge part of walkable cities in general is trying to encourage more mixed use neighborhoods because a lot of like urban planning and ur- and zoning laws don't allow um, housing and commerce to exist in the same buildings and to exist in the same like types of areas pretty much so the way that those are set up kind of completely like got rid of the idea of mixed use buildings and like got rid of these third places as being places where people would go and hang out and good third places are hard to find these days because of capitalism like a lot of third places that you can think of you need to like buy something to sit there you can't like loiter at a lot of these places so we need more places where you know people are encouraged to hang out with little to no pressure to buy things that's really interesting. I saw this um, this TikToker I follow. She did like no spend November, I think, mm-hmm. um, where she just like literally like didn't spend money except for like obviously like n- groceries and like necessities. Yeah. But she was saying um, it was really interesting how difficult it became to just like, I don't know, like when I haven't seen a friend in a while, I'm like, let's go grab lunch and hang out and it's not like I'm not thinking about the spending aspect it's just like that's a that's a place like especially I live far that we can meet in the middle and hang out and so she was saying it was really interesting it was a lot more difficult to like casually meet up with friends and she was like it was also like indicative of like what friend actually wants to like get together and what friend like just wants an excuse to like go out and drink or something because she'd be like let's like meet up at the park and just like chat and people want to be as into it but it it just made me reflect on like god yeah like public spaces are so like commercial now it's like right literally it's like let's go to a park and then it's like yeah and we're told that you're like it's weird to just like sit there and chat too like i go to the park sometimes to like play pokemon and i like feel like a creep because i'm like (laughs) i feel like i'm not supposed to be there because like i'm by myself and i'm an adult you know like, yeah. no, I'm allowed to be here. So I still go because I force myself to be like, I'm allowed to be here. I have a right to be here. But it's just like, even the places that are accessible, you feel like you're still supposed to be like doing something. Like, I wouldn't just right. go to the library and like chat with a friend. I'd be like, oh, I have to get a book or like work or something. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And like that all ties into this because if other people feel the same way, then they also don't go out and they also like feel uncomfortable about it, which just makes everybody feel more uncomfortable about it in general and like makes less people do things that would if more people did it would encourage more people to feel comfortable you know so it's like a feedback loop yeah totally yeah so like the idea of having a good sense of community like is so important and is just like a huge thing that everyone could benefit from um like mental health wise and like safety wise support wise like especially in the age of police being horrible and not who we should be trusting to like keep us safe having a good sense of community and like neighbor neighborly you know relationships with people around you could really encourage not needing police as much and True. you know it would would encourage like from the bottom up like promoting mental well-being for everyone and hopefully would reduce violence and like unsafe things in general 
But aside from the community aspect, walkable cities also have a lot of other benefits, um, which the physical health benefits are definitely, you know, well known and well studied. But there are other things that I I was really interested to read this study um, that I was reading just about like how urban planning is like can affect our psychology and like affect how we view the world and our world like our worldview in general basically and not even just like walkable things but like the aesthetic of places can really change how we feel about a place like this this study was saying that an aesthetically pleasing um, streetscape for walkers contributes to lower rates of disorder and crime whereas the fear of crime lessens the quality of life which I think was that Nikki that brought up like murals and stuff and like art vendors and things being on the sidewalk, like those types of things. Yeah, encourage... the like things that make you stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that encourages, you know, people feeling safer and like more welcome in their communities and aesthetically pleasing at the same right. time. This study also found that. So, OK, so this isn't like directly related to walkability, but this is just more like neighborhood types of things that like urban planning things that affect us in ways that we wouldn't necessarily expect Um, but this study found that the perception of a neighborhood as one with open space had the highest correlation of overall neighborhood satisfaction but I've also seen that open space can be correlated with people feeling like they're more vulnerable and like feel less safe because they are out in the open which like I can see both aspects of that depends on like the neighborhood in general also yeah well and that's one thing it makes you think of like one thing I think about I've been thinking about with walkability is like being in college because obviously like Mm -hmm. you walk everywhere and I was thinking about like I loved how open Miami was it had a lot of like quads you know where it had the big yeah but yeah walking alone at night that was it got scary so it's interesting like it makes sense that it's kind of like a double-edged sword where it's like it is really nice and beautiful to have that during the day or like if you're walking with a group, but it does make it more like intimidating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like this other study found that people recognize regions as safe or not based on openness and enclosure of space. Which one leans which way? I did not write down. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that's also confusing. Interest. I mean, I would. it's fine that you didn't write it down. It just makes me think like, I don't know if there were a ton of alleyways that would scare me right but yeah like like, it depends on the area in general because i'm like if it's the woods like i'd rather have an open space yeah so i know what's around me behind the trees yeah 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 but then like an alleyway i don't want a ton of alleyways where somebody could like come out of nowhere right yeah um okay so this other study found that cities with easy access to convenient public transportation and to cultural and leisure amenities promote happiness I'm like makes sense yeah um researchal researchers also found associations between perceived physical environment attributes example walkability perceptions and mental well-being and neighborhood satisfaction so there's like quite a few studies that show there are very like beneficial positive mental health effects um, mental health benefits living in a walkable city or being able to like walk to places or have public transportation in your reach um 
but I also saw that there's there's at least one study that proves that there that shows that there is not a link between those two things, which this study was done on 177,000 people living in 703 metropolitan and micropolitan regions around the country. And apparently this is like showing the opposite for San Francisco, but cities like Boston, New York City, and San Francisco are all walkable, but people involved in the studies in these areas were not any happier than people not living in these walkable cities. Hmm. Um, But those cities, I don't know much specifically about Boston, but these cities also have more inequality in general that is like very visible to see. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's experienced every day by them, which might be a large contributing factor to unhappiness. Like, you know, who's to say that the commuting and like walking is the reason why they're not happier? Um, yeah. And also, like one study also reflected that commuting walking, which Nikki, you were saying this earlier, um, commuting walking is not equal to leisurely walking and commuting walking like obviously results in less overall happiness because you're not stopping to st- to smell the flowers, you know, as that saying goes. Jill, with what you, with what you were saying really quick, the, the commuting versus like leisurely walking, it makes me think of like for the most, I mean, there are sometimes in the summer where I live where it gets like pretty busy and I'm like, what's happening. And it is kind of like, it's not that often it is crowded here, but it's like not that often where it's like the full streets are just the people walking one direction. But when I went to, when I've been in New York city in the past, at least the places that I've stayed, it is like, even, even, I mean, it's still touristy, but even like less touristy places, but still bigger areas like Manhattan and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like the second I'd walk out of the door, immediately like a stream of people walking and i'm like can i <laughs> can i just away. stand no literally can i stand for one second <laughs> because i can't like current yeah yeah, like yeah. Water, you just like, jump yeah. right into the current and you're like fuck <laughs> and it is it's so stressful yeah and it's yeah. like i haven't been in new york but i'm picturing like i don't know when i if i'm traveling for like lala in chicago or something where i'm like with a big group it's like if you stop people literally will like bitch you out yeah, yeah. Like, they'll, they'll like, get mad oh. they'll hit you they'll knock <laughs> yeah. your ass down <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, And then on the topic of community, one last study indicated that a sense of neighborliness in your immediate surroundings can compensate for mediocre living conditions and that the people environment congruity is crucial for understanding people's perception of their neighborhoods. So basically community and your like sense of happiness in your living condition is connected to each other. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes and sense. like I, I was reading something that was talking about like how connected you feel to your com- your city and your community like also really affects how you perceive your surroundings and like how you perceive your overall happiness in life. If you feel like more disconnected from your city, then you're obviously like more likely to feel unhappy with your surroundings. But if you feel connected, yeah. it's the opposite. Well, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like aside from psychology and those types of benefits, there's the obvious environmental benefits that would come from having less cars be in existence, um, reducing greenhouse gas emissions and just like promoting more public transit use um, and also promoting city spaces that were used for like either parking lots or like giant, 
you know, five car traffic lanes into more pedestrian uses like parks or more mixed use neighborhoods where people could live or plazas where people can hang out and just chill. So yeah, like overall, there's a lot of studies that show that there is a link between positive emotions and the walkability of a place in which they live. Um, But this is dynamic and does not rely on walkability alone. There is also the connection and fusion of a person to the place in which they live and how developed their sense of place is. What do you mean by that? Like, I, I, th- I think I understand, but. It's kind of what I was saying about, like, how connected you feel to okay, yeah. where you live. Yeah. I'm kind of picturing, like, how we, like, would discuss, like, not really feeling like, at, le- at least for me, like, not really f- feeling like I fit in at Miami. So it's like yeah. I loved I loved the walkability of it. I loved the campus. The campus was beautiful and stuff, but because I didn't like f- feel like an integrated member of the community, it kind of like it didn't like the walkability aspect of it wasn't enough to like make yeah. me love right cuz okay, now I get like right. the little sense of place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the study was talking about the questions that they used to ask people and I know like one of them was talking like it was like asking if somebody says something mean about your city do you take that as a personal offense yes yeah Yeah, right i'm like i I feel that way for sure yeah yeah so that's like one thing that can determine something mean about miami (laughs) no i'm like something mean about literally i'm like yeah you're right you're right it's chicago i'm throwing hands right and like if you talk shit about buffalo we're gonna have a problem for real yeah so i'm like that kind of shows like one aspect of how 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 fused and like how involved in your city you feel how close to your city you feel that makes sense sense. yeah that's a a very good way to like metric right i guess yeah like basically how defensive do you feel of where literally right (laughs) Right. like how much of the city do you feel like it is a part of you you know exactly like, it's yeah. like a characteristic of who you are is like where you are from or where you live which is interesting because i i don't necessarily i mean living in sycamore has totally grown on me like i i've i used to think i wanted to live in the suburbs because i knew i didn't want to live in the city but like i'm like and i thought like living in the country would be like too slow moving i guess but i'm like damn i actually kind of love this shit <laughs> But I still don't, like, necessarily feel connected to Sycamore itself. And I think it's just because, like, I don't, like, have friends that live here. But it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it. If somebody talks shit about Sycamore, I would, like, be like, no. Like, it's – I still like the town, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So it's – that was, like, interesting self-reflection moment of, like, oh, I nice. really like Sycamore. Right? Yeah. I know. I I felt the same way when I was reading the questions that they had used for that study. I'm, like – asking myself the same things like yeah I guess I do feel like really strongly and feel very I I identify with my city like a lot yeah especially since I grew up here also but I moved back here for a reason you know yeah no totally you found your way back yeah and definitely living in the area I do now is like literally because of the walkability it has changed my perception of Buffalo and like the the way I identify with the city and like how close i feel to it like a hundred times that's awesome because, Jill. yeah 
when I used to like ride when I used to have a motorcycle and stuff I one thing like when people would ask like which I prefer I was saying one thing I like about riding a motorcycle is like you feel more like engaged with like the world around you because it's like mm, open, yeah you know like you're not just like in a car where it's like you right. feel like you're like looking through a screen like you're like out in it so it makes sense that like that would be even more like amplified with like Joe what you're saying like you're actually participating in buff being in buffalo as opposed to like when you're in a car like you're just like watching stuff i don't know you're not participating right. in the environment i mean you technically are but, but like you're mentally not or no. emotionally you're not i mean there are places that i've driven past i remember when jill visited one of the times um that she visited last year in march and we went on a pretty long walk because it was like one of like the first nice nice days of spring which i can't wait for um but i remember we went <laughs> on this walk and there were it's this street that i drive by all the time and I saw so many establishments that I simply would not have seen otherwise. Yeah. And like, I, I continuously like find more and more places that I, and, and I do, I, before I thought, oh, maybe I got to start like walking that much, but it's like, no, I realize I really do enjoy walking and like, it's very, very cathartic and soothing. And I, I love it. I, it's why I do it's, it's, I do it for short amounts of time every day because it's cold. That's why I go out and get a coffee. It's like, I need to have like a mission to get somewhere but it just well, it's, it's really like a nice reward. yeah exactly a reward um yeah but it's really nice and i, and I want to do it more because it's i mean i like now i can't imagine not living somewhere walkable because like you said to nikki when you come and visit it's so nice to be like literally just it's down the street to do anything it's it's yeah amazing yeah. and i know that it's a very big privilege given everything that we discussed to be able to live in a walkable city yeah yeah but like plus what you're saying with going out and getting a coffee and like finding new establishments that way having a walkable city promotes supporting small businesses exactly. and also like these chance encounters and like finding new things that you might not have seen when you're driving super fast by in a car like you're not especially if you're actually driving you're not yeah, looking you're not around at like the things around you <laughs> yeah. right yeah that's what i actually i forgot to mention that part but and one of the, which makes complete sense, one of the benefits of walkability is because of more foot traffic, there's literally more business, like you said, in particular yeah. for small businesses too. Just so many things that are like clear benefits, but like that title of the video you watched, the U.S. will never do it because of the they're too mentioned. set in their ways. Yeah. Exactly. Of the racism. Yeah. Well, and it is, <laughs> they're like, um, that's like communist to have people be right. able to walk somewhere and access something. Where's right. the classism in that? <laughs> They're like, how will we know your status if we can't see what kind of car you drive? Exactly. Nikki, I'm not even kidding with you mentioning that. I think that literally like in the video at one point, they mentioned that they were trying, which of course it is, they were trying to frame like not having a car and not moving the suburbs is like a socialist type of or communist type of oh, thing. Oh, totally. It because like... it's like, oh, oh, are you living in a commune? Like... <laughs> Like, it's like your, um, yeah, I commune wish. community. Yeah, like actually, no please, fun. I yeah. wish. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another. I mean, that could be a whole different episode. Is like how, like, I mean, communes that we hear about end up being like fucked Cult up and like cults, culty. Yeah, but it's like the inherent concept of a commune is not fucked up. Like, right, it's right. A really cool concept. And if you could successfully make a commune, like it'd be cool to live in. But because it's it's definitely like villainized by the government and the media because they don't want us living in communes. They don't want us like relying yeah, on they each other. They want to get so our money. Like, see? Yeah, they're like see what happens when you live in a commune. Like your children get molested. It's like, well, <laughs> yes, there. I'm not involved <laughs> right. children, but 
that's not like that's not a it doesn't have to be like necessity it's, to like exactly it's not part of the rules of a commune yeah. like, right. like every commune right. needs at least one pedophile <laughs> like <laughs> it's the rules yeah <laughs> i want to add something about community which this could be a certainly a whole other episode and i don't even know where to begin i like at one point during our episode now i was thinking oh this could be an episode but then it's like we'd have to just we don't have to but i was thinking it was the history of community and i'm like oh civilization but (laughs) (laughs) everything like everything going back to like literally but it is i I know it's like no surprise anyone that's aware of just like social shit going on in general and for a while in the u.s in particular it's so crazy how much we lack community and obviously covid for many reasons has really like you mentioned jill like has really really exacerbated that but i think people really don't under in our individualistic culture and i do think people are like waking up with this type of stuff but like i think people really don't realize exactly how necessary it is like i know that we are all social creatures and people for the most part understand the importance of like friendships and multiple types of relationships and all that type of stuff and that is very very much true but just the general sense of community and the importance of one's well-being which i'm realizing more and more now as i've gotten more involved in like actually going to community events as opposed to just going to bars and stuff like being aware of like oh i know this dj doing this and I want to go support them and whatever else, whether it be for that, like a music event or just like anything like coffee, whatever the fuck you want it to be. Um, it's just like crazy because we really, really do need that. And it's, 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 it does create a larger, it's, it's different than just like being social and hanging out with people, you know, to actually be in community. Um, and I'm going in circles with what I'm saying, but it's, I don't know. It's there's something to be said about the psychological aspects of it that have certainly been studied. I just don't think that it's like talked about enough. And it's something that I think is becoming a bigger topic now on social media. Like the type of the type of things, the type of content I see now on like self-care and stuff like that is talking about community efforts, which we know of. And people have been saying this in particular in the black queer community. Um, but yeah, it's just like the community be slept on <laughs> for real. Yeah. Well, it's like for that real. sense of belonging is so important to like your relationship with yourself exactly it's very easy to like like I guess like gaslight yourself and invalidate yourself and stuff and so you you find a group of people that you identify with it's like oh like it helps you like love yourself more exactly because it's like oh they like this too and you accept yourself so yeah like even just in the most like simplest form of like finding other people you can relate to is like so important exactly right yeah people will be more empathetic and compassionate if there was more community and not just a virtual community because having real life community is different exactly oh totally both are beneficial but like yeah different different levels yeah it's like it's good that there's like virtual community for i don't know i think about like teenagers who live by me like where I live, like it, it is all things considered, it's pretty liberal, but it's still rural Midwest. And so I when I like go to the grocery store, I'm like the only person there that has like brightly colored hair, you know, like that not that that indicates liberal, but it's just like that looks different from the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is like I think about like teenagers who would only find that community online like yeah that's really good but then it's like okay find it so that like you know it's there and then go move somewhere where you can like surround yourself with it exactly right that's just like the first step kind of thing yeah yeah well i definitely kind of want to go to that 
um, town that your sister mentioned, Nikki. <laughs> I want to oh, see what it's like. Or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she she literally said, I was like, can you like describe it? She was like, it's literally like if Vineyard Vines had. Oh, like, no. No. Like that kind of like. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So no, she was like, I mean, it was a vibe, but like it was like I. It was a vibe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to just so. find a place. A cool place that's not like seven hour plane ride away um, that banned cars because I want to hang out and just, just walk around. Bikes. Oh my God. And it makes me think of Stranger Things too. Right. Yeah. We need that. A girl can dream. Stranger For Things real. Venice uh, crossover when. <laughs> oh my God. True. They go to Italy. <laughs> Stranger Things what's you know like Rugrats in Paris (laughs) Stranger Things in Italy (laughs) they're like oh the monsters actually came here now for real it's a water portal open international trip (laughs) (laughs) Stranger Things overseas I mean I guess they literally did that with Russia yeah they went to Russia yeah like eh Russia's boring oh my god wait True. What do they even do? (laughs) Back to the thing that I brought up about the game shows. (laughs) Circling way back to the beginning. Yeah. They also mentioned on this podcast that there is a game show. There was a game show in Russia where they would have you pretend, like, not pretend because you're literally doing this, but they would have you steal a car and you have 30 minutes. So like you would whole ass like steal a car while they film Commit with like car cameras. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I think they like provide the car, but you, the police don't know that. <laughs> they ha- you have thirty minutes to evade the police in this car, and then you win the car. <laughs> you can- oh, they said go get in a car chase and like risk your life. <laughs> They're like play Grand Theft Auto, but you got a car. <laughs> Literally Grand Theft Auto, but you got a car. So hey, who's the real oh my winner God. here? No, yeah. literally. Did anyone die? <laughs> like, I feel like people want to know. Well, they didn't like, say that much about it. Occurred. <laughs> right. Jesus, it's Russia. It's, it's a lot of open land. True. <laughs> They're just lawless out there. Can you imagine? I'd be so pissed if I was that cop. I'd be like, you right? motherfuckers. I'm like, like, what like, if they... I'd be like, okay, somebody's stealing a car. Like, that is my job to, like, go catch them. And then it's like, psych. Psych, punked. Right? And, like, how do they, like, stop... How do they stop the chase eventually? The, they like call True, in from though. the show and they're it's like, like that cars. It's punked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, actually calls like, the cop and it's like, it's a prank. They come out with the cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. <sighs> well, thank you for listening. I hope you learn a lot about walkable cities and agree with us that every city should be walkable because it just sounds so much more pleasant but you can hear us every other tuesday on spotify um apple podcasts and pretty much anywhere that you can find your podcast we will be there and you can follow us on social media we're at that's kind of wavy and leave us a review please oh and leave us a review please and thank you all right (laughs) please and thank you bitch (laughs) please and thank you (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.